Welcome to your virtual CFO coach. I'm your host, Leah Torbert, founder and CEO of Harrington Strategic Partners. I've spent my entire career working in the startup world, scaling businesses to multi seven and eight figures. I built this podcast to share all of that knowledge with you and make your path to success shorter and easier. Tune in each week as I cover topics including financial analysis, cash flow management, holistic strategy, mindset, and more. Now for today's episode. Hello, ladies, and welcome to today's show. Last week, we talked about setting yourself up for success for next year by creating a structure to start your planning and gathering some key pieces of information. Then we discussed the four primary types of sales forecasts and some strategies to draft your sales forecast for next year. If you missed last week's episode, I highly recommend going back and listening to it first before continuing here. It's really important to start with a sales forecast first so you have a baseline to determine what you need to do from a planning perspective to hit your revenue goal. And just as a reminder, your revenue goal and your sales forecast are probably not going to be the same amount because your revenue goal is what you want to sell for the year and your sales forecast is what you're reasonably certain you can sell. And the purpose of your annual plan is to come up with a strategy to bridge the gap between the two. So I wanna dive deeper into that now. From our example last week, there was a $250,000 gap between forecasted revenue and the company's revenue goal. Through the strategic planning process, there are several questions that you can ask yourself to help determine some strategies to move forward dealing with the gap between your sales forecast and your revenue. I'm going to cover nine questions here. There could be more depending on your type of business and how deep you want to go, but I think these nine questions cover a lot of the bases and will get you most of the way. So question number one is, how much do you think you can increase sales to your current customers? So going back to the $250,000 example of your current customer base, what do you think you could sell in addition to what you've already forecasted to help make up the two fifty? dollars And let's say, just for example purposes, maybe you have $50,000 that you think you can increase your sales with your current customers. And so that leads us to question number two. How many new customers do you think you'll need to make up the difference? So now if we've assigned 50,000 to current customers, that would leave 200,000 for new customers. So then you can start thinking about how many customers you'll need to bring on board during the next year to be able to sell that additional 200,000. Question number three, are your products and services priced competitively? And when I say competitively, I don't mean cheaply. And I don't mean $10 under the next person in your industry. What I mean is, are they priced at the right price for how you want your company to be seen in the market? How do you want to position your business in the market? and what you want to achieve. You don't necessarily want to be the highest. You don't necessarily want to be the lowest. Playing the pricing game is not always the best strategy. But again, it depends on what industry you're in. But always reviewing your pricing structure when you're taking a look at your annual plan is a great way 
to also make up some additional revenue if your pricing is not in line with where it should be for the market. Question number four, are there other products and services you could add that are cost effective? In the coaching industry, there are a lot of easy ways to add additional revenue to to bring in a, a higher level client or to add an additional type of coaching session or group experience or VIP day and things like that. And for other industries, there are similar things. And so you want to think about what you're already offering from a product and service perspective and what else you can add that's going to be cost effective. You're not going to have a lot of capital investment involved in providing the service, and it's not going to cost you a lot of extra money to hire new people or adjust your operations to be able to support that business. That way you can close the gap for your revenue goal by offering things that are very similar to what you're already doing. And this could be a great tactic to help increase sales to your current customers, because there may be things related to what you do that they can use that they're not sure that they need, or more likely that they might be getting from someone else because they don't know that you can offer that as well. Question number five, can your current sales team handle the additional sales load? This one is a difficult one for a lot of businesses because they're trying to keep overhead down by not having as many employees on board. But at the same time, if your sales process is very time intensive and there is a lot of lead generation and nurturing and follow up that has to happen, depending on how quickly you want to increase your revenue and by how much, your sales team might not be able to handle it by themselves. And you may need to look at bringing on another salesperson or potentially some support roles to help with that. And that goes in line with question number six. Do you have the right support team in place once the sales are closed? This could mean an administrative assistant that's helping track all of the sales data and handle follow-ups for the sales team, or at least remind them. This could be customer support once the order has been placed so that communications can continue and the customer knows what's going to happen step-by-step step and when everything is going to be delivered. This could be additional people in your operations team, your production team, your accounting team. Across the board, as you grow your revenue, the resources that you need are going to change. And so you want to always look at your current team that and what they can support and what you're going to need in place over time as that revenue grows and you're generating more activity in the business. Question number seven, can your current systems and processes handle the additional work volume? It's not just your employees that you need to think about from a capacity perspective. It also affects your systems and processes. When you're first starting out in your business, it's very common to cobble together pieces of software. You need a CRM, you need a financial system, you need a marketing platform. There's different things that are involved, different little pieces of technology that you add on as you realize you need something 
And it can be very easy to end up with a hodgepodge of software that doesn't communicate with each other very well. And over time, this can cause bottlenecks in your business and lead to errors and low quality performance on the customer side. So as you're thinking about this growth, you wanna also look at where your systems and processes are. Is there a way that you can combine some of the different functions into a single piece of software that communicates streamlessly? Are there ways that you can shorten the extra steps and the workarounds that you're currently doing to try to make things more efficient? You know, it could be time for you to look at upgrading the backbone of your business into a higher level software that can do more things. It just depends on what's going on right now and where you want to take it. And this doesn't mean that it all has to happen in January once that annual plan rolls out. You can look at over six months or nine months as revenue grows, as you bring these other resources online, implementing additional systems, processes, changes to streamline and support as sales grow. Question number eight, will quality, timeliness, and your culture remain high if you don't make any changes. You wanna think about the cost of selling without making any additional investment in the business. Over time, your people will hit capacity, your systems will hit capacity, and your quality and timeliness will suffer. People will be disgruntled, they'll be tired, they'll be burned out. They're not going to be as motivated over time without seeing that the company is doing something to help make the process easier. It may be a tough road for three or four months while you're working on the systems or looking for additional people to hire. But if you're communicating that to them, then it's going to help those things move along a little faster and keep everyone engaged. So you want to really dive deep into this and make sure that if you're hesitant to make these kinds of investments, really understanding what the cost of that's going to be if you don't. And then the final question is, what are the additional costs related to the increase in sales? So just selling something is not free, right? So you may have additional people that you need to hire. You could need to invest in a different software program. You may need additional equipment if you're manufacturing something. If you offer sales commissions for your sales team, then as you're selling more, they're going to be making more. If you want to bring in additional business, you may need to invest in your advertising budget. As you're selling things, there could be additional material and freight costs as well. So you want to think about all the costs associated with that and make sure that you're understanding how that's going to impact the business. One key mistake many business owners make is assuming that getting the sale is all you need to do and the rest will sort itself out. And this is true up to a certain point, but if you push it too far, your systems, processes, and people will break. And when that happens, it's going to be painful and expensive. So I want you to think about what it would look like if your key people quit because they were burned out and felt unappreciated. Think about what it would be like if you lost a couple of your big customers because orders were late or quality was poor, or a customer or employee decided to take legal action against you because of something that happened. Taking the time up front to analyze what you need 
and creating a timeline to add resources to support your goals will save you so much time, frustration, and money in the long run. Now, I'm focusing here on just one year, but you can do this with longer periods. Many companies have a five or 10 year goal that they're working towards, and then they break that goal down into annual plans. These goals are typically reevaluated and adjusted based on performances and changes in the market. If you're not sure about the answers to the questions I listed, that's okay. Don't expect to know the answers right off the bat. You might know some, you may need to think about others. You may have people in your business that can help you gather information to review, and there are consultants available like myself that are familiar with the process and can help you put your plan together. Something to keep in mind as you're working through this, your plan is just that, a plan. It's what you intend to do to accomplish your goals based on what you know right now and what you think you can make happen. Plans are not set in stone. If your market changes, hello pandemic, inflation, recession, your plan will change too. Your plan is meant to guide you, but if things change, update the plan. This doesn't mean, though, that you should give in to shiny object syndrome and shift gears every couple of months because you had a new great idea. Before you make changes, you should go through this process again to understand the potential impacts of what you want to do. Too much upheaval can fatigue an organization very quickly. Constantly shifting priorities will exhaust your employees, your customers, and your vendors, so be careful not to get caught up in the moment and change things too often just because it feels good. Make sure you're doing your due diligence and that it makes sense for the long-term viability of your business before you make those changes. Once you've decided what you need to do to meet your goals, then you can start the budgeting process. I know this is everybody's favorite, Everyone loves to put their budget together, so hold on to your seats. Here we go. You'll have at least one budget, maybe two. Your first budget is the operating budget. Your operating budget looks similar to your income statement because its purpose is to forecast your sales, expenses, and net income for the year. Costs are typically broken down into two types, fixed and variable. Fixed costs are operating costs that you'll have no matter what you sell, like rent and subscriptions. Variable costs are costs that change depending on how much you sell, like sales commissions, materials, freight, and credit card processing fees. Remember last week when I asked you to decide what your profit goal was for the year? This is where that comes into play. When your operating budget is complete, check the projected net income. Is it in line with your profit goal, or do you need to make some adjustments? If the projected net income is not acceptable to you, then you have to decide how you'll make up the difference. Are there expenses that you can reduce without affecting efficiency and quality? How much would you need to sell? Don't forget about the variable costs when you're calculating this. You can always go back to the planning questions if you need to help determine any impacts if you have to increase your revenue goal to meet your profit goal. After putting together the operating budget, it's time to look at the capital budget. If you Google capital budgets, you're going to come across some pretty heavy articles describing how to calculate the ROI of capital projects. And if you're anything like me, your head is going to hurt. If you're looking to purchase heavy equipment, machinery, buildings, or land, then looking into the ROI on those purchases is critical to making the business case on whether it's a good idea or not to do it now, later, or maybe not ever. 
When I'm talking about capital budgets here, I'm thinking specifically of my service-based clients who don't have expenditures like that. Their process is much easier. Typically what we look at are costs like buying computers, desks and the like for new employees, or if they need to expand their rental space and need to pay for some of the build out costs for the expansion. These costs could be classified as assets on the balance sheet, depending on the type and amount, so they wouldn't show up on the operating budget. These costs won't affect your net income, but they do impact your cash flow and your financial ratios. So it's important to understand what the costs are and when you expect to pay them so you can be prepared. To recap, you've selected your revenue goal and your net profit goal. You've built your sales forecast. You've created a plan to close the gap between your revenue goal and your forecasted sales. And you've drafted your operating budget and your capital budget if you need one. With all of these in place, you're leaps and bounds ahead of most small businesses who don't have a planning process in place to help them succeed. From here, it's doing the work, tracking your results, and determining what changes you need to make along the way. Before I sign off today, I want to share a free masterclass I'm hosting called Cashflow Catalyst. If your revenue is at least $250,000 a year and you want to scale in the next 12 months, but cash flow is holding you back, this is the masterclass for you. My nine-day program is packed full of cash flow management strategies and tools that will help you break through the cash flow barriers in your business. The sessions will be recorded and available for replay during the masterclass if you can't make them live. Cashflow Catalyst starts on October 24th. I'm going to post the registration link in the show notes, and you can always head over to my website, HarringtonStrategicPartners.com, for more information. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share with your network and leave a review so our podcast can reach more women and have a greater impact. If you have any comments or additional topics you'd like discussed on the show, let me know. Before you go, connect with me on LinkedIn and let's keep the conversation going.